0: The last time we discussed that, when the Torah tells us shorah hamor, it means any animal, no matter what the mitzvah is. Whether it in regards to damages that are that happen because of uh, a boar, whether it's staying away from har Sinai, paying double, uh, it, it returning it if it's lost, helping the load off its back, whether it's the prohibition of not letting it eat while working, or the cross breeding, or having it work with another animal, and in regards to Shabbat, and the same rules apply to all wild animals and birds. And we were doresh that there are differences in Aseret uh, Barot in Sefer Shemot and Parashat Yitro than the ones in Hanan and Sefer Devarim. And we explained why there was differences in regards to uh, Shabbat, the Shor, the Hamor, all that stuff. What, what was extra here, what was extra there. And with that, we're going to start in Nundal Da'amud Bet, second to last line by the two That's where it says, Sha'al rebih hanina ben Agil et rebih Rabbi Hanina Bar asked a question to Rabbi Chaya Bar for already on the subject of the difference between the the asheret and Shemot and Devarim. So he asked him a question: ma lo Why is it in Sefer Shemot the first set of asheret adiberot in regards to kibud avim it doesn't say? It doesn't say good. If you uh, keep, uh, you honor your parents, uh, you'll have good. It doesn't say it in Shemot. But in Sefer Devarim in Pashat Vayet Hanan, it says respect your parents, honor your parents, and uh, it will be good for you. So Amar the Lord B'chaya told Rabbi Hanina, "Look, Ache at Ashu Adeni l'mane Emar b'hem Tov. She Adeni im Neemar b'hem Tov im Lav." If you're already asking me why it says Tov here, not there, ask me if it even says it. Meaning, I'm not uh, the, the biggest expert when it comes to pesukim. Rather Kalach etzel Rabbitan Chum bar Lai got Rabbitan Chum bar Hanilai Shayar Agil etzel Rabbi Yeshua ben Nevi Shayar Bakib Agada He used to learn with Rabbi Yeshua ben Nevi who was an expert in Agada, go to him. So Azale the Gaber b'Chanin Abra Agil went to Rabbitan Chum bar Lai. and Amar le and told them Mimenu lo Shavadi. Look, I didn't hear anything from Rabbi Yeshua ben Nevi. This is what Shemu'el Barnahom, who was the brother of the mother of Ravaha, the Ahmedan, some say it was Avi Moshel Ravahi Bari Some say it was his grandfather, it was uh, the, the mother's father of Ravaah. Ho'il the because they were going to break. That's why it doesn't say lemani tavlach. So Gmar asks, "Vehi sofani shtaber ma'aveh." So let's say it's going to break. Who cares? So Amar Avashen, "Hasvichalom paskat tovah miIsrael." Hasvichalom, we don't want the tovah, the good, to stop from Israel. Therefore, the first time around they didn't say it. The second time around, Moshe did say it. And Amar Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua ben Nevi said, "Haroeet tet bachalom." If someone sees the letter tet in his dreams, simani yafel, it's a good sign for him. By Amot, the reason ilam. Mishum dichtiv tov. If it's because it says the uh, tov a tet for uh, tov. You also have, when it comes to sweeping and destruction, you also have a tet over there. And the Gemma responds, "Ha hot tet coming. We're only talking about one tet, not two tets. And like the word, there's a lot of tet. We're only talking about one tet. So the Gemma says, Okay, also by tumah you also have one tet. So he responds, tet bet coming. We're talking about if someone saw the letters tet and bet, that means it's good. Well, Emma, maybe it means when it comes to drowning. You have also a tet bet. Ela, we have to say, what's the reason tet is good? Because the first tet in the Torah was for good. Because from the word bereshit, the beginning of the Torah, until Hashem saw the light and it was good, there was no tet. The first tet in the Torah is for the word tob, so that's how we know tet in a dream is good. If someone sees the word hesped, eulogy in his dream, they felt bad for him. They had mercy on him from the from the shemaim and they redeemed him. That's only if you see the word hesped, the word uh, eulogy, not if uh, you actually see a, a eulogy going on. Next, we learned in the Mishnah. Birds and wild animals have the same din as animals in regards to all halakhot. Resh uh, Lakish learned from here that the the chicken, rooster, and the peacock, and the pheasant are all different breeds from one another, and they can't mate, and they can't work together. Like well, obviously, they're not, they don't even look the same. So because they grow together you could keep them all in the same pen now the tema maybe you're going to say that they're one species Kamashmalan that they're different species and you can and you have to be careful not to have them crossbreed and a goose and a wild goose they're considered a crossbreed meaning they're two uh, separate uh, species so asks a question why are they considered two different species is it because one of them has a long beak, one of them has a short beak if that's the case then we'll say the same thing in regards to camels Gamla the Persian camel and the Arabian camel. The alim one of them has a thick neck. And the high katin another one has a skinny neck. Or you're going to say that they're considered but yeah, Rather, you have to explain. The male wild goose has his uh, eggs, meaning his testicle, outside of his body. And the male of a regular goose, the testicles are inside the body. The female of the wild goose has one egg in her ovary meaning only one egg at a time, and the female of a regular goose has a few different eggs in the ovary at the same time. And if a person crossbreeds two species of animals of the sea, Okay, you get mak- uh, you get makot for, uh, for cross-breeding animals. My what's the reason. Because in Maaseh Bereshit in the creation, we have lemineu laminau, and it says laminau in regards to land creatures, and lemineu in regards to sea creatures, meaning they have the same rule that you're not allowed to cross-breed species. Rahaba has a question. Let's say a person leads a, a plow uh, with a fish in the water and the other rope uh, to a goat and they're walking together. What's the halachal there? Is that kilayim or not? Do we say because the the goat is not part of the water and the shibuta fish is not part of the land? Therefore, you didn't do anything. It's not considered the kilayim that you're not allowed to uh, plow with two uh, different type of species. Or at the end of the day, you're leading two different species to do one job, and that's the problem. Meaning, is the kilayim working with two different species when plowing? Is it just as long as it's two different species, or do they both have to be part of... Uh, the same situation, both land animals, or both uh, sea animals, both air animals, whatever, they have to be the same in order for there to be uh, isur. So Matkif Laravina Arvina has a question. Ela That's the case. Let's say hiber hiktaus arabe of Took in his hand a wheat kernel and a barley kernel, and he planted uh, right on the border of Eretz Israel, and let's say Jordan. He planted the wheat in Eretz Israel, the barley right outside of Eretz Israel, and we know that any mitzvah that has to do with the land is only a midrabanan outside of Eretz Israel. So if you planted it like that, you can say, also, there's also Kil'ayim over there. Amrei, So the responded to Rabina, Achyash what are you comparing? in regards to the wheat and barley, eretz mekom hayuvah uchoz la mekom hayuvah. Meaning the, the eretz israel is considered a place where there's an obligation to this mitzvah. Outside of it is an area where there's no mitzvah to do the mitzvah. Meaning there there are two separate areas, one area is obligated, the other area is exempt. Hacha over here with the fish and the goat, i they're both part of the isur. they're both living creatures. And the only question we have is, is the water and land separate them, because it's two separate things, or do we set them there? it's two creatures, and it's still Asur? And the Gemara ends off with no answer, and Hadana alach and now we're starting the sixth peric of Masechet Bavakama. Ha-Kones Ladir. If someone brought a sheep into his, uh, in, into a pen, into a barn, and he locked the door properly, and found a way out and it damaged, whether it ate something, whether it trampled something, he doesn't have to pay, he's exempt from paying, because he did whatever he was supposed to do if he didn't lock it properly and it left and it caused damage then he has to pay because he was negligent if the wall let's say fell down in the middle of the night or let's say thieves busted the wall open and it left and it caused damage paturi doesn't have to pay if robbers took the sheep outside they're planning on stealing it. At that point, hayavin. At that point, the robbers are they are obligated to pay if this animal caused any damage. Hini Let's say a person left it in the sun, and the sun drove it so crazy that it found a way to bust a wall open just to get out of there. Or forgive the someone not competent, a deaf mute, an imbecile, a child, ve'asavizikah and it left and it caused damage. Hayav. At that point, the owner is liable for damages because he was negligent to who he gave it to or where he put it. If you gave it to a shepherd, the shepherd is now instead of him, meaning the shepherd is is, is uh, obligated to pay for any damages. Let's say this animal fell into a yard. Some sort of honest happened. It was a mistake. It wasn't uh, any negligence. It just It just happened. And it enjoyed, let's say it went and ate something or something happened over there that it, that it benefited from. Then it has, Then the owner has to pay whatever he benefited. If the animal ate fruits, you have to pay for the fruits as we explained in the calf. And if it fell on fruits, not on the floor, you have to pay what a person would want the animal to fall on fruits, not on the floor. That's the meiri. Very good. Look into the meiri over here but let's say an animal went the normal way nothing was stopping it there was no onus over here went into the neighbor's yard it caused damage it has to pay for whatever it caused damage so how do you pay for whatever damage it caused so according to the Nakama, let's say this animal went in and ate a betzah worth of fruits. You have to you have to assess what the, the field worth with this bit and what's it worth without this bit and you have to pay the difference. <speaking in Hebrew> no, <speaking in Hebrew> If it ate full complete fruits, he has to pay for it. <speaking in Hebrew> if it pay, if it ate a seah, you have to pay for the seah worth of fruits. you have to pay two worth of fruits. Whatever you co- whatever you cause damage, that's what you pay. And the Gemara starts. We talk in the Mishnah about a person locked the door properly and it went out some way. What's considered properly? What's considered not properly? If the door is closed and it can stand in regular wind and not blow open, that's properly. But if it can't stand closed, with the normal wind that's not properly and Amar rabbi mani bar patish rabbi mani bar said who's the Tana who holds that in regards to Shor moad all you have to do is watch it a little bit just a very basic level security that's rabbi hudahi he held ashore moad just needs the very little watching over and that's considered good enough to exempt him from paying the tenan we have the famous mishnah Kesharo be'alaf be'mosera be'na'alef anav kauy. If an owner tied the ox with a rope and it closed the door properly, ve'atzave izikar went and caused damage. Ehatam ve'had moad hayav de'vere b'mir. According to b'mir, the pasuk says v'loish shimerenu. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference what the animal is moad or tam. The owner is obligated to watch over it the best possible there is. There's no such thing as a low-level, basic-level uh, safeguarding. You, you have to go overboard with the watching. And that's why, according to Tam Patur. He held uh, short Tam, if if you do the basic level of watching, you're still hayav shor muad. You're, you're patur. All you have to do is watch over the shor muad a little bit. Shine emal ve'lo Mirenu be'alav. The pasuk says it's exrata katur. It's one of those pasuk things. The pasuk says by shor muad he didn't watch over it. And listen, vishamur who's at the end day, he did watch over a little bit. So the way Rebbeu understands ve'lo Mirenu is just a very basic level watching over in regards to the shor muad. But in short time, you have to go overboard when the pasuk says it means Means it's not possible to watch over it the only way to watch over it is slaughter it and that's the only way you could protect uh, anybody from not getting damaged so you see rabbi does the one who holds that uh, all you need is a little bit of watching in regards to a shore mu'ad. but the gemara pushes back you could also say it's rabbi me you could say shani shen and regal is different from uh regular uh keren from regular goring with the horn because the torah itself uh, lowered the level of what you need to watch over there are four things the torah allowed us to Watch over it and it doesn't have to be a high level uh, guarding, just even a low level. And the following are bor bor, It says if a person makes a hole, digs a hole, and doesn't cover it. Haki all to do is cover it, even though you didn't totally cover it. Patur in regards to the one who caused the fire uh has to pay you have to cause a fire meaning you have to light it with your hands so you have to do something negligent where it's as if you lit it with your hands you have to do as uh, in regards to shen it says it's like your birth meaning you have to actually cause the damage with your own hands you have to bring the animal into the guy's field and and let it eat regal in, in regards to regal, it says the word vishilah, you send. You have to be so negligent, it's as if you sent the animal to cause damage. And we have a bright tad, says vishilah, that's talking about regal, an animal trampling over something. Ubi'er is talking about animal eating. That's an animal eating. So yeah, the reason it'd be hayav is because you did it the way uh, someone who sent an animal to, to to walk over something or to eat something. Meaning you almost have to cause the damage in order to be hayav. But if you weren't that negligent, Meaning, all you have to do is watch over a little bit. Lo, no, maybe you would not be uh, obligated to pay for damages. Maybe you're not liable, and it could be. Our Mishnah is like Rabbi Meir, and Amar Raba Matniti Namideka. Araba says you could even be Medayek that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Meir. It says in, in the Mishnah Hakones son Ladir, talking about the uh, Tzon. Michdi, up until now we're talking about big oxen, big bulls. Nitni Shor. Why don't we just say, sure, my my shana it's on how do we get the sheep? Isn't because the Torah lowered the level of what you have to watch over it? Isn't it because in regards to Tson, it doesn't say anything about goring with the horn, rather, it just says about an animal eating or walking, trampling over something. It sounds like in regards to an animal eating or trampling over, they're considered mu'ad, and still a low-level shmirah would work for them. And Shmami that our Mishnah could definitely be like Rabbi Meir. Tanya Amara Bioshoa Abad Vema Ose Otan Patur Medina Adam and Hayat Medina Shamayim. Bioshoa said there's four things that a person does to his friend. He would be patur in regular court, in regular betin." that he would be chayav e, Either Hashem is going to punish him, either uh, in order that Hashem forgives him, he has to pay for it. V'eluhay. Number one is kader If someone opens the fence of his, uh, of his uh, friend's pen, an animal could go out, and an animal got lost. Number 2 kamato Number two is if someone bends over the crop towards the fire. I mean, he did himself, didn't cause the fire, just he moves the crop towards the fire, so it can burn. Number three, if someone hires false witnesses. And number four, if someone knows a testimony for his friend, and he doesn't testify in court, it's like as if you cause damage. And Amar Moore, let's break them down one by one. Someone opens the door. If someone uh, opens a wall or a fence or something uh, by, by his friend's pen and the animal goes out, what are we talking about? But if it's a strong wall that he caused damage to, he should also have to pay in regular court, even in ela, we're talking about, it was one of those walls that was supposed to fall anyways. It looked very shaky. The owner was going to lose it anyway. So when someone broke it, he is not high enough to pay for it. On the other hand, because of that, the animal went down and, and caused damage, or something happened. Moore, in the second halacha we learned. If someone bent over the crop towards the fire, what are we talking about? If we're talking in a case where he bent over the the, the crop that the fire was able to reach it in regular wind, well, you should also be hayav in regular court because you're the one who caused damage to your friend's field. Or or, or rather, we have to be talking about a situation where he bent it in a way where the fire was able to get there in a wind that's not normal. So he bent it over in a way where he moved a little bit closer, but not that close where he'd be hayav. And the damage happens. So okay, then he would be here we're talking about where it's hidden, meaning the person made it hidden. So like there's a whole bunch of uh, crap over here and he covered it with something, but not something strong enough where it can block the fire. Now he made this crop. The, the, the halacha of it is considered something hidden, and we know that if a fire burns something hidden, then the owner, the whoever caused the fire, is patur from paying for anything hidden. So by covering this crop, now he's not going to get his money for it. Now he's not going to get the money for his loss, especially if you got it at the inbetdin can't do anything about it. However, on the other hand, he is hayav. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.